Let's pray, guys, and we'll get started. Um, Father, we thank you, Lord, for just another wonderful Sunday. Lord, we have no idea why you have chosen to give us mercy and grace. Lord, while you have delayed your wrath and your vengeance on the sinful and evil world, Lord, knowing the events that have transpired in the last week or so, just Muslims running crazy, people going crazy with the, uh, the gay marriage issue, just life is twisting and turning, Lord. But we thank you that you're merciful, that we can live another day to proclaim your word and possibly bring whoever you have elected into your kingdom. Lord, we look forward to what we're going to study in Genesis. We look forward to what you're going to teach us. Lord, look most forward, we look most forwardly, we look forward to seeing you in heaven. And Lord, we love you, we praise you, and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Forwardly. Is that a word? You made it one. I made it one, but I'll, forward, forward. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, we are in Genesis 25, and we've just had this wonderful scene where Isaac marries uh, Rebecca. And I, I, what's funny, I, I want you guys to keep that in your head. If you remember, you know, it's kind of like the love story, people in the fields and everything. But I, I need you to keep that in your head as we move on through this story. Because in, in chapter 25, what we're going to see now is Abraham is going to die. So chapter 25, verse 1. Now Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. And then verse 2 down through verse uh, 5 or 6 or so, it just lists all these sons, all of these sons that he had. And verse uh, 6, verse 5 says, Now Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. That was the custom. Isaac was the one who... However, he, he got it, um, got his blessing, and Abraham was going to give him all that he had. Uh, but the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave uh, gifts while he was still living and sent them away from his son Isaac uh, eastward to live in the lands of the east. Now, what's funny is I was actually reading a Jewish commentary on uh, this verse, and they say that uh, Keturah is actually... Um, Ishmael's mother. And I, I didn't pursue that, but I found it kind of funny. You know, I, I found it interesting. And um, I was like, hmm, I might have to look into that later, because I've never heard that before. So maybe she is, maybe she isn't, but that was just kind of interesting. Verse 7, now all these are the years of Abraham's life that he lived, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man satisfied with life. And he gathered... Uh, to his people, and he, and he was gathered to his people when his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Mech, Mech, uh, Machpelah uh, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, facing Mamre. Now, what you see here in this verse, in verse 9, you've got Isaac and Ishmael. They've come back together to bury their dad. There must have been some type of reconciliation, maybe not a big one, but there's some type of peace that has been form between these two. So they're, they're on decent ground right now. Um, as we keep moving, uh, it came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac lived by uh, Bear Lahai Roy. So now Abraham is dead. The blessing has passed to Isaac, and the blessing is going to keep moving on. So what you'll find in verses 12 through uh, 18 is you have what the Bible will often do in Genesis, you'll have the, the story of the lesser before you have the story of the greater. So it's going to tell us a little bit about the descendants of Ishmael here. So these are the descendants 
of, of the generation, uh, these are the, the records of the generation of Ishmael, Abraham's son, uh, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. And then through verse 13, all the way down through verse 18, just gives a list of who these guys were. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt as one goes towards Assyria, and they settled in defiance of all of his relatives. These are the Bedouin people. You know, if you've heard, if you listen today, you'll hear about Bedouin, uh, slave, uh, uh, Bedouin tribesmen that are roaming around over there in the Middle East, that many, Arab, uh, many of the uh, Arab uh, Islamists that we hear about, they're Bedouin tribesmen. These are their descendants. And in verse 19, you've got now, you've gotten rid of the lesser, so now you're going to deal with the greater. Who are Isaac's sons? Now, these are the records uh, of the generation of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah. Remember that beautiful woman in this beautiful scene, um, the daughter of Bethuel, the, the Aramean of Paddan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Ar Ar Aramean, uh, to be his wife. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. Now, haven't we heard that in this story before? And it's going to keep popping up. So Abraham had a wife and she was barren. Isaac has a wife and she, was, and she is barren. And the Lord answered him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled within her and she said, if it is so, why am I this way? She couldn't figure out what was going on with her pregnancy. She was like, Lord, this is a problem. And, uh, but the, and it, so she went in to inquire the Lord, and the Lord said this to her. The Lord gave her a great promise. Two nations are in your room, and two peoples will be separated from your body, and one people will be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now, God told this to her, and she kept that in her heart, and I don't know, again, I'm, you, you struggle, you have, this, you have this first image of Rebecca as this beautiful woman, this pristine, lovely woman. But then she's given this promise, and it seems like her character changes. Okay, let's see what's going to happen. When the days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, the twins, the, the, there were twins in her room. So she had the babies, and then they find out that they're twins. They didn't have, you know, sonograms back then. Now the first came forth red all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came forth with his hand holding on to Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob, or that is one who supplants or supplanter, trickster. And Isaac was 60 years old when he gave birth to them. So now you've got the promise of God is moving on from Abraham to Isaac, and now you've got these two sons. And who's going to get this blessing? When the boys grew up, verse 27, when the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a peaceful man. Actually, it's uh, more translated uh, a complete man, uh, living in tents. Now, Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game. Remember that word game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. When Jacob had cooked stew, and remember that word cooked stew, Esau, Esau, when Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field and was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, first, now that first is literally today. Tell me, sell me your birthright. 
Esau said, behold, am I, I am about to die. Uh, so why do you need this birthright from me? Verse 30, 33 is what, what we're talking about. Then verse 34, then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Can anybody turn to, uh, to Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read what the Bible says about Esau and the birthright. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16. This is who the the Bible, what the Bible describes Esau as. Hebrews 12, verse 16. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. When the Bible calls you an immoral and godless person, that is not a good sign. Okay? So Esau is an, a godless and immoral person. But when the Bible says that uh, back in the text, in, in verses 27 through the end of this chapter, when it said that there was game, that is the word sayid. Now remember, what I'm going to show you is the Bible often uses these word pictures, these word plays. The word game is the word, Hebrew word sayid. The word for cooking in the text or is literally boiling, and that is the word uh, wazayed. And the word stew is literally vegetable soup, and that is the word nazed. So you can see that there's this Z ending, this Z ending. And what it's talking about, uh, when this, the word zid is literally a word that means it's telling us about Jacob's intentions. He had cooked this, he's cooking this stew, and while this stew is boiling and, and bubbling up, Jacob is bubbling and boiling up. He sees a chance to take something from his brother. His brother comes in and says, I'm dying. I need something to eat. And he says, I got my opportunity. And Jacob is going to, and Jacob thus had tricked his brother out of the birthright. And what you're going to see is, again, because I'm re- as I'm reading this, I'm going, wow, that's terrible. And then I'm reading a little bit further, and it's the same thing. So the same thing happens. Verse 26, Isaac settled in Gerar now, and we're going to see what happens there. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So once again, what's the Bible saying? You, you move forward and you go back. So you've got a famine in the land again, just like you had before. Uh, the previous famine that had, had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, to, 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 Ger, to Gerar, to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared. So once again, we've got the Lord appearing. The Lord appears to him and says, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land which I will tell you. Uh, sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. Uh, for to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will establish an oath which I swore to your father Abraham, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and I will give you, your descendants, all the lands, and your descendants, all the nations of the earth, shall be blessed because of Abraham. Obey me, and uh, Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. So he, Again, all he has done is he has reaffirmed the promise that God, that God gave to Abraham. He is reaffirming it with Isaac. Now, when we get to verse 6, something interesting happens. Uh, the question that I have to ask is, are we now, when we get to verse 6 down through verse 12, 
Are we reading what's going to happen to Isaac, or are we reading what happened to Abraham? Let's take a look. So Isaac lived in Gur. When, he was, when, when the men of the place asked about his wife, uh-oh, she said, he said, she is my sister. Where have we heard that before? Does this seem to be a pattern with these people? There seems to be a problem here. For he was afraid to say, my wife, thinking the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebecca. Remember, she's beautiful. Sarah was beautiful. For she is beautiful. It came about when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out through the window and saw, and behold, Isaac was caressing his wife, Rebecca. Now, there's something... Uh, is everybody in here married almost? Is everybody almost married? I think. Is everybody? I think. No, you're not. Manny, you're not. Close your ears. Put your fingers in your ears like this. There's a way that uh, a husband and a wife can embrace each other that shows that there is an intimacy between those two that is, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Because what we tend to do is we have so many illegitimate relationships in the world today when you're you know, a 15- or 16-year-old kid and you're, quote-unquote, dating this girl, they caress each other, they embrace each other in a way that is absolutely inappropriate and that I'm going to buy a gun and a big knife to keep my daughter from doing. And there's a way that, and beyond that, there is this new whole thing with the sexuality issue, the way men embrace men and caress men, that it says something about the, the, the way God has set it up to be properly expressed between a husband and a wife and it says something about the perversion of men, the way we have twisted it and taken it and, and just made it crazy. But it says that Isaac caressed her. He, he, he was touching her. He was fondling her. They were talking in a way that Abimelech looked out and he said, that's his wife. That's not his sister. Verse 9, then Abimelech called Isaac and said, behold, certainly she is your wife. How then did you say, she is my sister? And Isaac said to him, because I said, I might die on account of her. Abimelech said, what is this you have done? One of the people might have easily lain with your wife, and, she, and, and you would have brought, uh, brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech charged all the people, saying, anybody who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. When a pagan king has more understanding of who God is than the person who is carrying on the blessing, that's an issue. Verse 12, now Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. God is still blessing this man. God is still saying, hey, Isaac, you're my man. Now, I don't know if the, it's, it's weird. When you're reading the text, the text doesn't say that Isaac knew that this was what was going on or understood that this is what is happening, but it's, it's something that's going on. And the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household, so that the Philistines envied him. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful. That's, you are much mightier than us. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerah, and he settled there. So they have now come, and Isaac is just getting blessed tremendously. His flocks are increasing, his fields are increasing, his house is becoming great. And Abimelech has said, look, I can't have you here because you are going to, you, no, you've got to go. You've got to get out of here. So he sends him away. So 
Then there is this, there's this problem over these wells that were dug. Verse 12, so then after Isaac had gone down to the, to the valley of Gerar, uh, Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. He named them the same name. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley, they found a well of living water, flowing water. The herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, The water is ours. So he named this well Essek. Essek is a wordplay on the word quarrel. And, or the word, the, uh, because they contended with him, the word contend, excuse me. And then they dug another well, and they quarreled over it and named it uh, Sitna. That is a wordplay word on the word quarrel. And he moved away from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel, quarrel over it. So he named that Rehoboth, for he said, at last the Lord has made room for us. Rehoboth means many rooms, much rooms, and that's a play on the word rooms there for we will be fruitful in this land. So again, you've got this wordplay of words, how things are working, and I think it's, a, it's a, actually it's a way for Hebrews to remember something. When words sound the same or related to each other, it's just a way for Hebrews to remember, because remember, all of this was oral at one time. It wasn't written down. It was all told to people orally. Verse 23. First off, any questions? Okay, good. Uh, then he went up, to, up, there, uh, up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him in the same night. The Lord appeared again. Poof, the Lord is popping up everywhere. And he said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord, and he pitched a tent there. And there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. So you've got... Again, God has appeared to him. God is again telling him, you're the one. I'm going to bless you. The blessing is going to keep moving through you. And you've got to, uh, if you continue in my ways, you're going to be blessed. Isaac falls down. He, makes, he, he worships and he calls upon the name of the Lord. He calls upon the name of Yahweh in this place. So now there's going to be this covenant that he's going to make with this pagan king that just kicked him out of the land. Then Abimelech came to him uh, from Gerar with his advisor at Suzath and Pichol, the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? And then there's this long talk. We've got to do it because of this and this and this and this. Down in verse 31. In the morning they arose early and they exchanged this oath. They made this covenant. Then Isaac sent them away and departed from him in peace. Now it came about on the same day that Isaac's servants came in uh, and told him about the well which they had dug. And they said to him, since we found water, we shall call this place Sisba. Therefore, the name of the city, Beersheba, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. So you've got, again, God is just letting us know. I, I said last week that the names of the people, the names of the places, they're more important than you might uh, realize when you're reading the story. As Christians, we have to read the story kind of in, in like three or four ways. We have to read it as it's happening. We have to put ourselves in that place, in that time, and it's kind of like um, reading it in the now. But then there's, we have to read it through the eyes of Moses as he's getting ready to lead these people into the promised land. 
But not only that, we need to read it in light of the, old, the whole Old Testament. How is the rest of the Old Testament looking at the events in Genesis and what has happened to them and how is, how is say, a prophet or uh, David or Samuel or any of those people, how are they relating back to this story? But then you get to the New Testament and we have to read it through Christian eyes. And so that, again, as, as, that, as this is taking place, you've got those four things that are running through your mind. So, verse 34, when Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Barry, the Hittite. Now, are Hittites good people or bad people? Bad. Really bad. Really, really bad. Esau said this, you're going to bless this guy? I'm going to go back and get into my do- uh, uh, the good graces of my dad because the, the, the Hittites are related to um, all the biblical people by, because, again, it's through this whole line of people. And he said, I'm going to marry these people. I'm going to get involved with them. But his actions are, uh, they deliberately ignored the standard that Abraham had set for Isaac. He said, Isaac, can't marry him. But Esau married him. And he also married Basemath, uh, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. And they brought grief, verse 35, they brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So, again, you've got one son who's slipping up and doing the wrong thing, but he's in the blessing, and you've got another son who said, y'all don't want me? Fine, I'm going to go marry these women over here, and it brought them grief. But now, here's the question as we move into verse, uh, chapter 27. How could God bless Jacob? Uh, why is Jacob an example? How could God bless him? He has done all of these wicked things against God. Covenantal faithfulness. God is not a liar. God is not unfaithful. God is perfectly faithful. He is going to do what he says. Whatever he says is going to happen, you can bank on it. It's going to happen. When you read the book of Revelation and it says that the world is going to be destroyed, Guess what? It's going to be destroyed, but it's going to be recreated. Yes, sir. As Paul says somewhere, uh, or Peter maybe, uh, <laughs> uh, even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. Like that. I think it's, isn't that Peter? I think it's Peter. Yeah. I think it's Peter. Yeah. Like Paul is, Peter, uh, is it Paul? Is it really? It's in either Thessalonians or Timothy. I think it's in Thessalonians. Huh. I thought it was Peter. No, it was dispensationalist. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry, we're having a private conversation. Um, so now we're into, again, Jacob, again, is going to have some deception. Now it came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see that he called the older son, Esau, and said to him, Hey, my son. And he said to him, Here I am. Isaac said, Now behold, I am old and do not know the day of my death. So, hey, please, take your gear and your quiver and your bow. Go out, hunt some game and make me one of those dishes that I really, really like. Give me some of that savory meat, son. I just, you know, I, I like the way you cook it. Now, here's Rebecca. Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to his son. Rebecca, beautiful, perfect, pristine, lovely woman. Uh, so Esau went into the fields to hunt for game to bring home. Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Jacob whom she loved, Behold, I hear your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me that I may eat. 
and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, listen to me. As I command you, go to the flock and bring me two choice young goats from there and that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, which, which, such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father that he may eat so that he may bless you before his death. Wait a minute. I thought she was a good person. She's scheming with her son to get this blessing. Let's keep reading. Jacob answered his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me. Then I will be a deceiver, that's his name, in his sight, and I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son, only. Obey my voice and go get them for me. So he went, went and got uh, them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took, the, took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were in the house, and put them on Jacob, the younger son. And she put the skins of the young goats on his hand and on the smooth part of his neck. She gave the savory food to him and the bread, to, and she gave all of that to Jacob. Then he came, verse, four, uh, verse 18, then he came to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Now, just, that just happened. And he said, who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Get up. Please sit and eat of my game that you may bless me. Here's the question. Does, does Isaac know what's going on? He has, does he have an idea of what's happening? I, I, as you're reading the text, you kind of, he, he kind of, he gets, it's something uneasy with, with this text as you're reading it. There's, he's got an uneasiness about him. This uneasiness comes out in the text, but it, it happens the way it happens. So let's keep reading. Verse 20, Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have done this so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God caused it to happen. So here's a question. Uh, because the living God has caused this to happen to me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son, Esau, or not. Now, that's not actually a question, but it's kind of a, a question by statement. He's saying, I don't know who you are, but come here. I know there's some things about my son. He's got some hair over here and hair over there, and I, I want to feel you. So he comes to him and he says, verse 22, So Jacob claimed, came close to his father, Isaac his father, and he felt him. And he said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother uh, Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And then he said, this is another question, Are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. I could not be so deceitful and deceptive. I say that now, but then I think about who I used to be. When you think about who you were in your past, and, and then you go, you know, I couldn't do that. No, of course, I'm better than that. But when I think about who I used to be, yeah, I did that all the time. I would lie, cheat, steal, anything I could to get ahead. But this is a guy under the covenant of God who's got a promise from God. So he said, bring it to me, and I will eat my son's game, that I may bless you. And he brought it to him, and he ate, and he also brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, 
come close to me and kiss me, my son. So there's a, another questioning inquiry here. So he came close and kissed him. And when he smelled him, he smelled the garments. He smelled Esau, because those were Esau's clothes. And he blessed him, and he said this. This is a great, great blessing. But it was meant for another person. This was meant for Esau. But he's giving it to another. See, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and the abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you and bless those who bless you. He gets the blessing. He has been blessed by God. He has been blessed by his father. He has received a double portion of anointing. He has gotten what, all of this stuff. And I'm just, I remember in a lot of songs back through my history. That, uh, again, like I told some people before the service started, the hymnody in the African-American church is terrible. But I'm remembering there's a song called The Blessing of Abraham, and it's terrible. But he's getting this blessing. He's getting this blessing. So this is now verse 30. Now it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had hardly gone from the presence of Isaac, his father said, uh, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting, and he also made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game, and that you may bless me. One son has already tricked him. He was not sure. He felt something was... Didn't you get the feeling reading that that he just knew something wasn't right, but his eyes were going bad, he's getting older, he just couldn't tell, so he blessed him. But then the other son, Esau, comes in, and it's just a terrible, it's terrible. And his father said to him, who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn son, Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently, that's trembled with a great trembling. He knew that he had messed up. And he said, who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate all of it before you came and blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. Verse 34, when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me. Even me also, oh, my father. And he said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Then he said, he is not rightly named, is he not rightly named Jacob Trickster, supplanter? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a special, reserved a blessing for me? But Isaac replied to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master. And all his relatives I have given to him as servants, and with grain and with new wine I have sustained him. Now as for you, what can I do? My son Esau said to, uh, Esau said to his father, do you only have one blessing, my father? Do you only have one? Bless me, even me also. 
So Esau lifted up his voice, and what are the next two words? And wept. This is, this is a heart-wrenching scene. This is, you know, you're reading this, and I'm kind of going, oh, this is, this is bad. This is getting deep. Then Isaac and his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, away from the dew of heaven above, from above. By your sword you shall live, and your, brothers, and, and your brother you shall serve. And it shall come about when you become restless that you will break his yoke from around your neck. Yes? I, I'm just, like, I'm kind of thinking, like, where does Isaac get so much authority to speak these things and be able to say, is he, like, pro- prophesying, or is it, like, the covenant he's basing it on? Like, what is it that it's going through his mind to be able to say these things to his son and bring about those things? He's like such confidence that these things will come to pass, you know? I think, I think the promise that God gave his wife has been repeated to him. And so this, he's just kind of, he's kind of speaking that just out. He's letting it come out. It's kind of, uh, it's not necessarily, uh, I, I wouldn't say like inspired by God, but it's, it is something that he feels that he knows is right. And he's doing it because it's what God has promised. The, the seed's going to go on. And again, he thought that it was going to be Esau. And he thought he was blessing Esau. But it wasn't Esau. So, because uh, you, you give the, the blessing to your firstborn. Right. And it's, you know, that whole double portion and all that stuff. He thought it was Esau, but it was not. And so... He's blessed it's funny because, I mean, it seems, from according, in Abraham's eyes, it seems like Isaac was still the second born, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. But there's going to, if I remember correctly, there's going to be a kind of a, a little bit of a switch. So you'll, you'll see that he just kind of accepts. Well, you can kind of see that with what, how, he blesses, yeah. how he blesses Esau here. Hey, he, you're going to serve him. Here's some leftovers. Yeah, you, yeah you, here, take some kibbles and bits, yeah. you know. Um, is there any other questions? Yes, sir. I don't know if it's quite, I mean, it's kind of a question, but I was just thinking, going back to 2634, where we have Esau marrying someone else. Uh-huh. And I'm just curious if you think that's more out of rebellion or just ignorance. And then at the very end of it, regardless of whether it's rebellion or ignorance, we see, and it says, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. And then here, in spite of that, I would say Isaac at least intends still to bless him even though his life was bitter as a result of Esau. Well, I, I think in 34, chapter 26, verse 34, I, I think it was rebellion. I think, he's, he, I think he was trying to get back into you think his... think he would have planned to go get a wife for him and Esau maybe didn't like the wife? I well, uh, uh, it, unlike how his dad got a wife for him, right. he said... It, and he said, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this my way, and I'm going to go get these people that are related to us and try to get back into the covenant. But he's, I think um, he's trying to constantly work his way back into the blessing. And God says, yeah, it's not going to work. You know, so he, he marries these Hittite women, and I think that just, again, I just, that just makes things worse. It just makes it, it just makes things worse. Well, I just think with Isaac, I mean, he's still going to potentially hold to the covenant regardless of what was done to him even by Esau, yeah. and he doesn't later say, well, look, you made my life bitter, I'm going to just give it to your brother. He, he like, at least planned to stick to the oath. 
Yeah. He's doing his trick. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I misunderstood. What I'm saying is yeah. Playing is to, and he could have said, although he didn't. He, I mean, he's still on the covenant, regardless of. You know, I might have said, no, you made my life better. <laughs> right. <laughs> your brother. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, can you just imagine you're old and your son tricks you? I, I can't. I, I, you know, I, I got kids and I'm trying to think of my son trying to play me over and get something. You know, Dad, give me the house. You know, give me the house keys. And he's, you know, who are you? You know, I'm your wife or something like that. And I'm like, I can't even imagine that, you know. But that's what happens. <clears throat> You know, and again, you're going to see this come back again and come back again. This is this constant going forward, coming back, going forward, coming back, going forward. It is a constant repetition of events that happen, I think, because, again, what you see, because you're going forward, coming back, going forward, coming back, is all during this, the Lord keeps appearing. God keeps showing up. Things keep happening. God keeps popping up, and he corrects them, puts them back on the path. He corrects them, puts them back on the path. He corrects them, puts them back on the path. But my question is, why do they keep going off the path? But that's, well, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we know. Well, we know because they're totally depraved. Any more questions? Uh, I did not get nearly as far as I wanted to get today. What I'll try to do is I'll try to finish this chapter, and we'll stop at verse 28, or chapter 28. So Esau bore a grudge. Esau was mad. Esau was fiery hot. Now, he's a red man already, so I'm sure he got, like, really red. Against Jacob, because of the blessing which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, and that's when he said in his heart, he, he's talking to himself. He's upset. He said, look, uh, the days of the morning my father are near, and then I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. Now, that's a bad thing. When you're going to kill your brother, it's a bad day. Now, the words of her elder son Esau were reported to Rebekah. And she sent and called her younger son, Jacob, and, told, and, told, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau is counseling with himself concerning you, and he's planning to kill you. Verse 43. Therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee, and go to Haran, uh, my brother. Go to Haran and go to my brother Laban. Again, this is Rebekah. This is the beautiful woman, the pristine lady. She's scheming along with her son. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides, and he forgets what you did to him. Would you ever forget that? I wouldn't. <clears throat> then I will, send, I will send you and get you from there. Why, would I, well, why should I be bereaved for both of you in this day? I, I, I can't believe this. Is this the Rebecca that we saw back in, uh, in verse 16? Is this the Rebecca that, of chapter 25? Is this the Rebecca that we saw in verse 67 of chapter 25, jumping off of her horse and running to her man and with the field and the flowing wind and the music playing and all this? Is this the same woman? She says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trick you. I'm going to conspire with you to trick your father out of giving your older brother this proper birthright. I, I, as I'm reading this, I'm going, this can't be. Rebecca said to Isaac, I am tired of living. Now, again, this is, this is calculated. I am tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. Uh, if Jacob take a wife from the daughters of Heth, like these from the daughters of the land, what good will my, my life be? She's saying, I've got to get him out, and the, reason, the excuse that I'm going to give is that he can't marry any other women like the women that are around us. So he's, she sends him away. 
in verse chapter 28. We'll start there next week. Um, it's up to you guys. We can go for 15 more minutes. I won't get through the chapter, or we can just stop and keep going next week. What do you guys want to do? We got, we got like 10 minutes. So keep going? Okay. To, Jacob is now sent away. So Isaac called Jacob, and he blessed him. Again, he's, he's saying, hey, son, go. And he charged him and said, you shall not take from a, a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Ding! Haven't we heard that before? Why are we not taking wives from the, the people of Canaan? Arise and go to, to Padam Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and from there take to yourself a wife from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty, that's El Shaddai, I love that word, bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you. Again, what did God told them in the garden? Be fruitful and multiply. When he instituted the, the, the covenant with Abraham, you're going to be a blessing. You're going to multiply greater than the sands of the sea. And that you may become a company of peoples. So uh, he may also give you the blessing of Abraham uh, to you and your descendants with you that you may possess the land of your sojourning, which God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob away, and, and he went to Padam Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, and the mother of Jacob and Esau. So he's gone. He goes back to the homeland of his, of his mother. Um, he is trying to win back some affection. He is trying to do the right thing. Now, this is, uh, Esau is going to be doing that in the next paragraph. Esau is saying, look, I'm going to try to make this right. Now, Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away uh, to Padam Aram, to take for himself a wife from there, and he blessed him and charged him, saying, You shall not take for wife from the wives of the Canaanites, from, of daughters of Cana, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and, and had gone to Padam, Paden Aram. So Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan displeased his father, his, his father Isaac. And Esau went to Ishmael and married, besides the wife that he had, these two ladies. Uh, Excuse me, this one lady, Mahalah, the daughter of Ishmael's son, uh, Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. Hello. Hi. So, again, Esau has decided, he has made up in his mind, I think this answers uh, your, your question. He does this, this one purposefully. Right, that's what I was saying. The first one doesn't really tell us. Yeah. And we can... You can you can kind of see yeah you can you can assume it but this one he does sure. purposefully. Now we move to the wonderful and great Jacob's ladder, the Jacob's dream, and this again again I'm, you just think of the hymnody in the church and it's terrible. We are climbing Jacob. It's just terrible. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went unto Haran. And he came to a certain place and spent the night there, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of this place and put it under his head, and he lay down. So he takes this stone, he puts it down, he lays down, and he had a dream. And behold, now, he had a what? A dream. A dream. This is not actual happening in space and time like we are right now. He had a dream. And... Uh, Behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching the heavens, its top the heavens. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. 
And this is the first Christophany, I think, uh, that Jacob is going to have. And he has eight, a total of eight Christophanies in the Bible. This is the first one that he has. And then this is what the Lord said. And behold, the Lord stood above it, or actually the Lord, it could be translated, the Lord stood next to him where he was um, and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to, be, spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Again, that same language, that same covenantal blessing that God had given his grandfather, he's now giving him. Um, Behold, I am with you. I would love to hear God say, I am with you, but I got that promise in the Bible. Uh, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done it done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He went to this place, set it up, laid down. He was going to take a nice little nap, gets a rock. I can't imagine a rock for a pillow, but hey, gets a rock, places it down, goes to sleep, and God shows up. God shows up, and God blesses him. Verse 17, And he was afraid. Again, when God shows up, guys, many people get afraid. Uh, do any of you watch TBN at all? Good. Um, <laughs> TBN is terrible, okay? Um, but you've got people meeting God all the time on TBN. Yeah, I was talking with the Lord this morning over breakfast and all this stuff. And I'm like, were you on your face? Were you flat down on the ground screaming out, woe is me? I'm, I'm undone. That's what happens when we come into the presence of the Lord, you know, especially if you're, if you're not a saved person, if you are not in Christ Jesus and God shows up, you're going to disintegrate. You're going to just, it's, it is not going to go well for you when God shows up. But then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and surely the Lord said, and he was afraid, how awesome is this place? There is none other, uh, excuse me. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. That's, I mean, that's, that's just an incredible statement. This is the house of God on earth. This is the gate. The gate, you know what a, uh, a gate is. You've got a fence, you've got a gate, you go through it. This is, how, this is the gate of heaven. How you get to heaven is found in this place. So Jacob rose early in the morning, verse 18, and took the stone that he had put under his head and set it upon a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He anointed it, and he called the name of that place Bethel. However, pre previously the name of that city had been Luz. And then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take and will give me food to eat and garments to wear and, and I return to my father's house in safety, then, wait a minute, God has brought, you, has brought your grandfather, your father, and he's brought you through all of this stuff. Then you're going to place all these conditions on God, and then you're going to say, then the Lord will be my God. Does that make sense to anybody? It didn't make sense to me. I was reading that, and I was going, then? I looked it up, and some people say that it should be, you should go back to verse uh, 20 and translate that if, said, then Jacob made a vow saying, if, 
It should be since. But then I looked at all the major translations, and even the unmajor translations, and they all say if. Nobody translates it since. So I'm thinking it's if. So if God does this, then the Lord will be my God. This stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Is he tithing? Yes. Is he commanded by God? No. It's just something that he's doing. So, again, that's, you're going to hear a lot of people as you're out witnessing that are talking about, you got a tithing. Tithing was before the law, blah, 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 blah. Yes, but it wasn't commanded to the people. So any questions? We're almost out of time. We got through a chapter, so thank you guys for telling me to go through another chapter. I wanted to get through 29, but it's okay. Any questions? Any, anything at all? You can ask me to score the baseball game. I don't know. Ask me to score the basketball game. I don't know. <laughs> but any questions, no questions? Then let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us this time in your word, Lord. Running through this text is just so satisfying to me. Lord, I am learning so much about who you are. I am learning so much about who I am. Lord, through reading the stories of your uh, patriarchs, Lord, we are just learning so much as we go through the book of Genesis. Lord, we just ask that you would bless our time, that you would uh, just take these words, this, uh, this, this uh, forethought that you've had to give us this example, uh, just, and just look at this, study this, understand this, and say, Lord, what they do right, we will do. What they do wrong, we won't do. Lord, let us have Abraham's faith, but let us not be like Esau. Lord, let us just be, just be a blessing to people. Let us be uh, the salt of the earth, Lord, as you said in your word. Lord, we would thank you that we would be all the good and none of the bad. And, Lord, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen.